Aloha and welcome to LDS Real People Realize Podcast. This is Stephanie Colvin and I am your host this Christmas season of 2022. Coming to you from Southern California where we have a bitter cold snap. It is freezing and freezing for me is a temperature of 40 degrees in the morning. Um, We do not have central heating since we live by the ocean. Uh, We just have a heater on the wall. And um, it is very interesting as I sit here and freeze, freeze, freeze. It is so bitterly cold. Um, I know that that is all relative to some of you who are listening to my voice right now in other areas of the world. But it is a lot colder where you're at. And I am just, we are truly, truly spoiled here in California. And that is one of the reasons why I live here. Um, So welcome if you're new and this is the first time that you're joining us. Welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast, where we use the gospel to reconcile the hard in our lives. And this experience and probationary time here on earth is a challenge, and it's meant to be a challenge. So welcome, welcome. And my wish today is that the Spirit can work with you and be with you in the ways that you need it the most. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about some business. Uh, we have the 25 days of kindness and this leads up to Christmas this year. And you can text the word light, L-I-G-H-T to 71234 for ideas of kindness daily. That's 71234, text the word light, L-I-G-H-T for ideas of daily kindness acts that you may do to those that are around you within your sphere of influence. But if you are on the receiving end of acts of kindness, please take the time to post those on your social media accounts and tag those using the hashtag light the world and let's flood social media at Christmas time with that hashtag light the world. Um, Let's make sure that we are spreading Christ's light. Uh, The joy of the Christmas season is meant to be shared. And how can we do that? We can do that a few ways. By inviting a friend to church, whether it's through maybe a Christmas party, um, a Christmas um, picnic, a Sunday program, 
Um, maybe you guys have a get together to look at some of the uh, nativity scenes. Those are really cool. And people from other faiths love to be able to come over to our church and look at those nativity scenes. Um, so that's a great opportunity as well. Church is also a great place to share Christ's light. So you can also host um, a watch party. This is another great way to invite people into the fold um, is to host a watch party in your home to watch the Christ child. Now, the kicker here is that they don't have to be in your home too. They can be in the comfort of their own home as well. It's so cool because you can be home while others are at their home and you can all watch it together at what is called a watch party. So you can also share inspiration from the many good resources we have from videos to images like memes and other downloads to help you spread the light of Christ during this Christmas season. It's such an important time of the year. The best part about these ideas is that it really cheers you up and picks up your spirits. Um, the gospel of Jesus Christ has many great opportunities to uplift, nourish, and to succor us. And um, this is very important because the subject of this week's episode is going to be lifting up our spirits during the holiday season. It can be a time of trial during the holiday season for many people who come from different backgrounds, varying situations and circumstances. Um, and for varying reasons, People do not enjoy the holidays. Um, and this seems to be getting <clears throat> greater and greater in number that people really struggle around the holidays, whether it's because of broken families, um, deaths in the family, people have died around the holidays, um, whatever hardships have transpired. There are a lot of people that are just hurting around the holiday time. And the great news, the good news, is that in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are given opportunities to participate, to go out and serve, to do, to uplift our spirits, to pick ourselves up, to work with the Spirit of God known as the Holy Ghost, and to counter those negative influences that would come from a contrary source that would take us down. So we will talk about that more later. Don't miss the First Presidency's Christmas devotional on the church website at thechurchofjesuschrist.org. Um, Christmas is a time to eliminate arrogance and provocation. And this is from Elder Oaks. He says, to subdue criticism, to practice patience, and to de-emphasize differences among people. So we're going to play a little clip from him here. From the devotional, it's just a few seconds long. Christmas is a time to remember that we are all children of a Father in Heaven who gave His only begotten Son that all would be redeemed from death. And that is the promise that has been given to all of us, as Elder Oaks has said. And this is a great comfort. I am so grateful for this knowledge. Um, there is a lot of knowledge that is given in this Christmas devotional, a lot of testimony that is shared, and faith that is shared as well. So I suggest if you guys have a few moments, get over to the church website. Um, it's right there on the home page, and take a moment to listen to the First Presidency's Christmas devotional. 
and definitely worth your time and it's very very uplifting grateful for the faith and testimony of our leaders and uh, in particular our first presidency our prophet and uh, the counselors that support him in that role so again this week's topic is going to be about the holidays and how tough it can be for some we have many different varying circumstances and situations that people deal with especially in these latter days and the holidays can be depressing um, they can be downers and not a time that um, people look forward to i know for myself in my time of life there's lots of changes my kids are older and they come from a broken home so they have a lot of demands on their time and many houses that they need to visit during the holiday times and so you know growing up we went from having holidays that we shared of many people and being very packed very loud and almost chaotic with so many fun memories to now just being a few of us very quiet and um really having to work on adjusting our attitude and our hearts with the situation and making the most out of it. Um, so that's kind of where we're at in, in my life, in our life, in what we're facing. And um, again, the many different situations. I have friends and family who uh, come from uh, circumstances where They've lost loved ones around the holidays, or they have, unfortunately, um, really bad memories around the holidays because of divorces or breakups or just bad, bad memories. And um, the holidays come and go consistently every single year. And do we need to be beholden to the holidays? and say, oh my gosh, here it comes again, and I'm just going to be miserable. Ugh, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to be a part of this? Why do I have to just, because it's everywhere. From Thanksgiving to Christmas, it is everywhere, and you cannot escape it. And so I think a lot of this goes back to um, what the gospel teaches, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. So thank you so much for joining us. And uh, again, if you're new, welcome. It's so interesting growing up, you know, my, my parents stayed together, not to say that my family was the storybook um, example, but uh, they did stay together, so I wasn't shuffled around during the holidays, but my kids definitely were because their dad and I divorced when they were young. And, um, you know, you get used to it at a certain point. But then eventually they become adults. And so what happens when they're adults? They start to exercise their independence and what they want to do during the holidays. And they get tired. They get tired because they have their own lives, their own work schedules, their own busyness. They want to be able to spend their vacations and their holidays the way that they want to. And they don't want to be going everywhere and going to three, four, five different places. And, um, you know, when you have divorced parents, you can have many different um, 
two, three, four, five places that you need to go and it just gets to be ridiculous. And so is Christmas and Thanksgiving, the holidays, even New Year's Eve, really a time that's being celebrated or is it just more stressful? And uh, not to mention other memories that come along with it that aren't so good sometimes. I know in our family, um, we do have memories of and things and people that have passed away and um, we're also dealing with right now just adjustments and changes. Um, <clears throat> my grandson was born on Christmas Eve of 2020. And so now that's changing our Christmas Eve, which was our Christmas day. That way my boys who are well into their 20s, my oldest is 30, um, could go and spend Christmas day with their dad and their dad's side of the family if they wanted to. And they weren't being shuffled around on one day to all these different houses. Um, But now that that's my grandson's birthday, his mom is wanting to reserve that for his birthday and be able to do what she wants on his birthday and to spend that time with him. And she has her own reasons for that that's driving her. And so we find ourselves trying to navigate as these kids are getting older, my nephew who's 18, he's working at um, the ski resort, you know, whether or not he's gonna be back in town. We've got Christmas traditions that are gonna be very hard for us to keep up with everybody um, getting older and working and, you know, different schedules and trying to pull everybody together. And it can be frustrating. So do I pay more attention to my frustration? Or do I try to just be loosey-goosey? And you know what? Being loosey-goosey can be frustrating too because then what? Do we ever really have a holiday? Do we ever get to enjoy an actual Christmas program and talk about Christ with the family and celebrate Christmas with the family? Because we are being too loosey-goosey because we never really get to sit down and do anything. I mean, I have no idea how to navigate or coordinate because there's so many different schedules. And so there's a lot of frustration right now for me. I'm trying to back off and let the kids decide what they need to do for themselves. Um, My youngest, who's 28, is not going to be coming into town where everybody's going to be. He's got to work. And this is going to be the first Christmas without him. And we are really going to miss him. He is a huge part of the family, Um, not just because he's a part of our family, but his personality, his heart, who he is, you know, how he participates, his humor. Um, He's going to be missed. And then uh, my older son with his girlfriend and uh, my grandson, uh, they want to give us a few hours on Christmas Eve, but I don't know when that's going to be. And trying to coordinate it with the rest of the family so that we can have games and things that we normally do and play. It's just, it's just stressing everybody out. So how do we navigate this? How do we navigate? And these are just kind of our own personal turmoils. Everybody has different stuff that they deal with that brings stressors that can almost make the holidays and Christmas time seem miserable to the point that we're losing the whole message here. We're losing the point of the holidays. And so I follow um, this woman on TikTok who is Tongan. 
and I love her account and her content. And she, for her children, um, buys them one present each for Christmas. And the reason she does that is because she's got a lot of kids. Um, they are wealthy. Her husband is a pro golfer and a pro mm, rugby player uh, who is Samoan. And um, she does not want them to get spoiled or entitled. And then she has another tradition that they do where they go out and they serve around the holidays. And um, then they use that money to go visit family and to spend time with family and really focus on Christ and the reason for the season. Um, And she just got lambasted on social media for that. You know, how can you only buy one gift for each of your kids? You know, who are you? Who? Oh, you're such a terrible mother. That's, oh gosh, that's terrible parenting. Oh, that's just horrible. How could you do that to your children? And um, I just thought, you know what? That was, I like her approach. Uh, I like her approach because she's mindful of the welfare of her children's spirit, heart, and who they are becoming as people. I like her approach because she's teaching them something that is invaluable, and that's character. Um, She's teaching them to be like Christ. And whether or not they understand that now, hopefully one day they will understand that. And that will be the greatest gift that she can give them because they will turn around and give that to many people one day. So hopefully they will be able to understand that. And hopefully they can understand that now. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Um, But as it stands, and I'm just going to use my own personal um, life. This is why we call it LDS Real People Real Lives. Is, um, like I said, we've got the different schedules. You know, I've got my um, grandson's mom who wants to spend all Christmas Eve with her, her son because it's his birthday, it'll be his second birthday. And our Christmas tradition has been that we spend Christmas Day on that day together. So we typically um, get together all day. That way we can lay around, have breakfast when we want to, watch movies, play games, um, play ping pong, we play card games, and we're pretty competitive. Um, I will get together some games that will Uh, you can win prizes and uh, we do that as well and it's just super fun especially because all the kids are a lot older now and um, you know all of that's going to change like my Christmas traditions are changing and I'm trying to figure out how many Christmas traditions I'm supposed to let go of Um, and it's hard it's hard because I want to give them space my son and his girlfriend and his little family to start their own Christmas traditions. You know, he works six days a week. He's working all the time. And she's got a busy schedule and everything that she does with the baby and the house and um, the other things that she gets involved in. And so I understand where they're coming from and I just want to make things as less stressful for them as possible. However, I feel like we miss out on some things because nothing can ever be planned. And so I feel a little frustrated with that. And as the 
each event passes, you know, and each season passes, and then you get each year that passes, this frustration grows. And so it's like, how do I use the gospel to find peace with this? How do I use the gospel to navigate some sort of solution so that we too can create memories and it's not just their way. It can be a way of celebration of the holidays that makes everyone happy. Is that possible? I have no clue. Um, And then on top of that, we've got, you know, my parents, um, my parents are older and um, my husband's dad is older and we're dealing with elderly parents. It's very hard with some of the um, needs that they have and uh, meeting those needs and trying to bring everybody together and traveling is just, and so I, it's just really difficult. And so sometimes I can feel very guilty if I can't get, because his dad is in one location that is 300 miles south of my parents. And, um, of course we go to my parents because my parents still have a home and that's, it's kind of headquarters where everybody goes because it's a big enough house for everybody to stay there. And, um, then on our way back, we try to hit his dad because we kind of live an hour away from his dad and it's, um, you know, but we never get to spend enough time with him and do the things that we want with him. And so it's this constant feeling of just guilt of not being able to spend the quality time that we're wanting to spend with him and do the things that we want with him. Although he's completely bedridden. Um, He's got Parkinson's, he's got several health issues and um, he's on hospice. So there's a lot going on there. And then, um, you know, we deal with our own issues. My husband who has, you know, very extreme OCD and anxiety and um, it's very hard for um, him to bend and to make concessions. Now he's gotten a lot better over time with therapy and medication. And um, he's learned. He's come a long way. And I mean, who he is now compared to who he was when we first met, it's like two different people. Um, when we first met, I couldn't even take him anywhere. He couldn't even go anywhere to visit family. Now I can actually take him to Utah to go visit family and we can stay for a week. However, it's still difficult when we go visit. He's very rigid in his routine and the things that, you know, anxiety by nature is always that fight or flight. And then you add OCD on top of it. And that's just a very difficult mental illness to navigate when you're already navigating so much that's up in the air and then I'm caught in the middle of all of this trying to go with the flow and be fluid and then yeah at the same time have some sort of memories that can be created so what do I do how do I handle this without being so utterly frustrated that I just end up being mad and upset and pissed off and then I just go and I'm just creating arguments with people in my vicinity. You know, one of my biggest challenges is my temper. And um, it is my Achilles heel and something that, um, it's my bitter cut that I have to work on every single day. And uh, 
do I want to have this interaction and for this to be my memories during the holiday is this contentiousness, you know, that goes on between myself and my son and his girlfriend? No. Between myself and my parents? No. Between myself and my brother and his family? No. This is not what I want. So how do I bring it all together? You know, and oftentimes it can be kind of centered around me because I'm the only girl. And people look to me to bring this together, especially as my parents are getting older. Um, I get really frustrated. And me, myself, and I in my own fallen state with this mind and body without my faith, without my spirituality, without being able to hear the Holy Ghost and the voice of the Lord, forget about it. I would be completely alone if I was left to my own devices. I would alienate probably every single person I know because of my temper. I don't have the ability to have peace without the Spirit of God in my life without the Spirit of Christ abiding and residing with me, without the companionship of the Holy Ghost. And so I have to use the gospel and the teachings of the gospel to find peace with the myriad of situations that I find myself in, especially around the holiday times. Now, my situation isn't nearly as dire or desperate as a lot of other people. But all I can do is use myself as an example because to me, it can be dire because I can't stand the contention that constantly can go on within my family. And the arguing and Lucifer loves that contention because once it starts, he just kicks open the door and he wreaks havoc. And it's the greatest heartache that I have suffered is the contention amongst children. The contention amongst children and their significant others. Within the family, the heartache on, and I'm just speaking from a mother's point of view, has been tremendous. I've had to learn to be very emotionally resilient and to get thicker skin, to toughen up a little bit, and to have more faith to live with more faith and to trust in God and to put some of these situations more often than not into Christ's hands and let him take over and not need so much control, you know? Because honestly, how much control do we really, really have in this life when it comes to these circumstances? So as I was contemplating how I best use the gospel to address some of these hardships that I come across, and I'm sure I'm not thinking of everything, but just kind of what the Spirit has prompted me to share with you today. Um, What I came across today was a talk that was given by President Uchtdorf, and uh, Grateful in Any Circumstances is the name of the talk, and... um, The reason why I wanted to share this talk is because I really feel like this is the answer to a lot of the hardships that we face, especially during this time when 
the holiday season is upon us and we find ourselves maybe agonizing over hardships that we have during this time of year that can be really hard. And he starts off by saying, have we not reason to be filled with gratitude regardless of the circumstances in which we find ourselves? So as we finish up Old Testament, reading in the Old Testament this year, we find in the Old Testament so many stories of real living actual people that had such hard and very, very difficult lives. And I would say a running theme with their stories is their ability to be grateful to the Lord and to Heavenly Father. And through that gratitude, they were able to see their grace and mercy that was extended to them. Gratitude is um, a great way to find the blessings of the Lord, to bless our lives, to humble ourselves, to have that broken heart and contrite spirit, to um, put our hearts and prepare our hearts to be in a place to be receptive to the spirit that can really heal our hearts when it's broken. Um, Elder Uchtdorf goes on to extend his uh, sympathy and his love to many who carry heavy burdens um, for the grief that has been caused in their lives and for the sorrows, the suffering, the conflicts and the confusion, the abandonment that they have felt, um, and the I'm sure just the feeling of being in that sailboat without a rudder or a sail and being left to drift out in that water. Um, no one is immune to that feeling because that's part of this whole experience here on earth is to feel as if we are alone. And during that time, are we still faithful? Are we still choosing the Lord? Are we still picking him and choosing the right? So being grateful is a healer during this time of desperation and feeling destitute. During the holidays when we feel abandoned and we feel um, all alone, gratitude can be a great soother for those feelings. Gratitude can help us to feel the love of God and Jesus Christ. Gratitude can help us to feel full even when we are physically alone because these gratitude can help us feel the comfort that we receive spiritually. Now, everyone's situation is different and the details of each life are unique. Um, nevertheless, there is something that will take away that bitterness that comes into our lives and we can always have more joy and be grateful in any circumstance. And that's always the attitude of gratitude. And this is what Elder Uchtdorf is teaching us. As disciples of Christ, we are commanded to thank the Lord our God in all things, to sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving, and to let our heart be full of thanks unto God. So why would that be? Why is it so important for us to be able to give thanks to our God? 
to have an attitude of gratitude, to thank the Lord our God in all things. You know, oftentimes I find myself reading uh, in the gospel, no matter what resource it is, it talks about how we have to write our attitude with the Lord. Another way of saying that is writing our attitude, writing our heart with the Lord, um, disciplining our minds. And um, a part of this is being grateful. All of his commandments are given to make blessings available to us. And commandments are opportunities to exercise our agency and to receive those blessings. So our loving Heavenly Father knows that choosing to develop a spirit of gratitude will bring us true joy and great happiness. Our Father always knows exactly what we need to do in order to overcome depression, to overcome abandonment, to overcome those things that make us feel um, as if we've been left destitute. Because being grateful for things... When life seems to be going our way and we're grateful for things, what do you think? When we're grateful for things, we should always express our gratitude to the Lord. So what Elder Uchtdorf is saying here, what do I have to be grateful for when my world is falling apart? I have felt this way so many times. I just turned 50 in October. And um, I, more than my two hands can count, have felt that my life has fallen apart many more times than 10 times in my life. And yet I'm still here and I'm still kicking, okay? I went home um, to my family's house a couple weeks ago and I was talking to my dad and he said that he was praying for me and during that prayer the spirit had told him that he did not need to worry about me because I endure and he shared that with me and I I appreciated that he shared that with me because that that comforted me because you know what the spirit's right I do endure and it also reinforced that That is who I am. And Christ and God have asked us to endure. And they know I will. And it makes me happy to know that that they know that I will do what they have asked me to do. So perhaps focusing on what we are grateful for is the wrong approach. It's difficult to develop a spirit of gratitude if our thankfulness is only proportional to the number of blessings that we can count, right? Um, so true, it's important to frequently count our blessings, but I don't believe that the Lord expects us to be less thankful in times of trial than in times of abundance and ease. So for example, um, before my father-in-law went into, uh, skilled nursing care, um, we lived a very different life and it was a thriving life and I did not have to worry financially, um, We didn't have to worry about anything. We paid tithing on time. We paid it without thinking about it. And um, we bought and paid most anything without thinking about it, to be quite honest with you. And it was a great life. Um, His dad went into skilled nursing care and everything changed. 
okay? I was prayerful before and thankful, um, but I got to tell you, afterwards, when everything truly became hard and destitute and every dollar counted and mattered, oh, did those prayers become deeper and way more meaningful and it's just it is the way it is it just is the way it is now did i do that on purpose no but god knows my heart he knows i love him and he knows that i work so hard to see his hand and the details of my life and he knows that i accept whatever circumstances my life needs to be to keep me square with him so um i'm okay and he knows that he knows that i'm okay with whatever he blesses my life with um i do struggle with keeping that attitude consistent because things are hard right but we've been taught what to do when things are hard and thankfully we can do that i'm not 100% consistent and always doing that, which is hitting my knees, asking questions, and remaining faithful. Sometimes I'm stomping my feet and I'm saying, why? Another thing? Like, seriously? Like, I just took care of another fire two hours ago. Can't I have six hours of a break? Can't I have a day of a break? Can I have a week of a break? (laughs) You know, you guys have to be feeling me on this. I know I'm not the only one. Um... And yet the Lord knows exactly what we need to go through in order to be refined. In order to have our rough edges softened. Right? So, it's easy to be grateful for things when life seems to be going our way. But what then of those times when what we wish for seems to be far out of reach? And that's kind of what I'm talking about right now. And that is kind of how I feel right now. Elder Ugdar says, could I suggest that we see gratitude as a disposition, a way of life that stands independent of our current situation? In other words, I'm suggesting that instead of being thankful for things, we focus on being thankful in our circumstances, whatever they may be. So instead of saying, thank you, Lord, for for my car, for my clothes, for my house, for my things, for my washer and dryer, that, you know, everything that just makes my life comfortable. Thank you, Father, for the circumstance, for the life that thou has given to me to keep me square where I need to be, to remain faithful and loyal to thee and my Savior. Help me, Father, to not question it. Help me, Father, to to accept it maybe is what the prayer needs to be. Elder Erkdor says, there's an old story of a waiter who asked a customer whether he had enjoyed the meal, and the guest replied that everything was fine, but it would have been better if they had served more bread. So the next day when the man returned, the waiter doubled the amount of bread, giving him four slices instead of two, but still the man was not happy. And then the next day, the waiter doubled the bread again and without success. On the fourth day, the waiter was really determined to make the man happy, and so he took a nine-foot-long loaf of bread, cut it in half, and with a smile, 
Serve that to the customer and the waiter could scarcely wait for the man's reaction. After the meal, the man looked up and said, good as always, but I see you're back to giving only two slices of bread. Wow. See? Pray to be grateful for your circumstances. Being grateful in our circumstances is huge. The choice is ours. We can choose to limit our gratitude based on the blessings we feel we lack. Or we can choose to be like Nephi, whose grateful heart never faltered. When his brothers tied him up on the ship, when he had built to take them to the promised land, his ankles and wrists were so sore they had swollen exceedingly and a violent storm threatened to swallow him up in the depths of the sea. Nevertheless, Nephi said, I did look unto my God and I did praise him all the day long and I did not murmur against the Lord because of mine afflictions. Nephi, if only I could be like you. We can choose to be like Job who seemed to have everything but then lost it all. Yet Job responded by saying, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow, Job. I hope I never have to be tried like you. But then again, do I do I know what I need to hope for? I don't know. We can choose to be like the Mormon pioneers who maintained the spirit of gratitude during their slow and painful trek to the Great Salt Lake, even singing and dancing and glorying in the goodness of God. And many of us would have been inclined to withdraw, complain, and agonize about the difficult of the journey. I know I would have, especially with many of those, and I read the fire of the covenant, many of those people, holes in their shoes, many of those people, their shoes just straight were gone, the leather and everything, gone. Many of those people, their feet, frostbit, gone. And they were not complaining. They did not withdraw. They kept pushing forward. And the greatest example of all, my courageous, brave, loving, dear prophet Joseph Smith, who while a prisoner in miserable conditions in Liberty Jail penned these inspired words, Dearly beloved brethren, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power, and then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. We can choose to be grateful no matter what because this type of gratitude transcends whatever is happening around us. It surpasses disappointment, discouragement, and despair, and it blooms just as beautifully in the icy landscape of winter as it does in the pleasant warmth of summer. When we are grateful to God in our circumstances, we can experience gentle peace in the midst of tribulation. In grief, we can still lift up our hearts in praise. And in pain, we can glory in Christ's atonement. In the cold of bitter sorrow, we can experience the closeness and warmth of heaven's embrace. This is what the greatness of God can do. Stand in awe. Be awestruck by the power and love and glory of God and Christ for you. right? Being grateful in times of distress does not mean that we're pleased with our circumstances. It does not mean that we're smiling and happy all the time. And it does not mean 
that we're doing a happy dance. But it does mean that through the eyes of faith, we look beyond our present day challenges. This is not a gratitude of the lips, but of the soul. It is a gratitude that heals the heart and expands the mind. For gratitude is an act of faith. Not my will, Father, but thine be done. Because true gratitude is an expression of hope and testimony. It comes from acknowledging that we do not always understand the trials of life, but trusting that one day, one day we will. In any circumstance, our sense of gratitude is nourished by the many and sacred truths that we do know that our Father has given His children the great plan of happiness. That through the atonement of His Son, Jesus Christ, we can live forever with our loved ones. That in the end, we will have glorious, perfect, and immortal bodies, unburdened by sickness or disability. Hallelujah! And that our tears of sadness and loss will be replaced with an abundance of happiness and joy. Good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over. Praise the Lord. It must have been this kind of testimony that transformed the Savior's apostles from fearful, doubting men into fearless, joyful emissaries of the Master. Those who are grateful will be made glorious. And I just want to end with this. Have we not reason to be filled with gratitude regardless of the circumstances in which we find ourselves? This is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Do we need any greater reason to let our hearts be full of thanks unto God? Have we not great reason to rejoice? Should not this knowledge be the sucker and the mending ointment of honey during this holiday season and lift us up so that we too can enjoy and celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ and be grateful and show and express our gratitude. How blessed we are if we recognize God's handiwork in the marvelous tapestry of life. Gratitude to our Father in Heaven broadens our perception and clears our vision. And I know this from personal experience. It truly inspires humility and fosters empathy toward our fellow men and all of God's creation. Gratitude is the quickest way to humility. Gratitude is a catalyst to all Christ-like attributes. A thankful heart is the parent of all virtues. And the Lord has given us his promise that those who receive all things with thankfulness shall be made glorious and the things of this earth shall be added unto them even an hundredfold, yea, more. May we live with thanksgiving daily, especially during the seemingly unexplainable endings that are part of our mortality. We can constantly be grateful. And it is the soothing ointment to the ills of the circumstances of the world and that we can find our lives in. Gratitude in the gospel of Jesus Christ can lift us above and help us to overcome the pains and the sorrows of the world. 
You don't have to be left in the mire of the sorrow and the suffering and the pains of the world. It is with Christ. When you focus on him through the attitude of gratitude that you can rise above and come and join him. Do those acts of service and kindness. Heal yourself. Celebrate his life. And turn the holidays into a time of celebration, into a time of gratefulness, into a time of you celebrating all that the Lord has done for you and growing your personal relationship with him. And I'll leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you'll do me a favor, I am getting some emails of people saying that they're having a hard time finding our podcast on some of the most popular podcast platforms. So if you know of somebody that would benefit from listening to this particular episode or any of the episodes that you've listened to, please feel free to share it with them. If you would like to go onto Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave a quick review, that would be awesome because it helps people find us as well. And um, this is a missionary effort looking to uplift, to nourish and strengthen and succor all those who are looking to come to and stay, return and course correct to that covenant path. Um, we are here at this Christmas season and it is a wonderful time for us to remember Jesus Christ and all that he's done for us. And uh, please remember that we can be kind in all that we do and to flood social media with hashtag like the world. Share the acts of kindness that you receive and let's flood the world with uh, hashtag like the world. Stay safe. Stay healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful and remember to be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next time, much love, God bless, and Merry, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Aloha.